0: what's up and welcome back to the something's brewing podcast episode number 14 14 proudly brought to you by black and gold productions llc you can follow them on twitter at bng productions we are a couple days after halloween and me and mel are just up for this episode um this was my halloween costume for the (coughs) halloween party that i went to over the weekend um I during the party I actually had a helmet on too so it looked a little bit you know more hockey like but um yeah we we dressed up for this episode this is the special edition Halloween episode and we have so much to talk about we're going to cover three games we're going to cover the Detroit Red Wings game the Blue Jackets game and last night's game when you're listening to this um two nights ago the game against Pittsburgh which was an unbelievable game as a whole that game was I mean, that game, if you weren't paying attention to the Bruins up until now, you are at this moment. You're paying attention now. 9-1-0 in 10 games to start the season. We're rolling.
1: I would have to think so. And um, before we get too deep into this episode, I just want to say to Amazon, what the hell? What the hell? Jeff? I was told. (laughs) Sully and I decided that, you know what? First of all, This is episode 14. We have literally recorded every single episode we've ever made and have just done nothing, done nothing with the video. Just like live on like a file somewhere. But last week, Sully and I talked about um, taking some video from that episode and putting it on Twitter. And we had a really entertaining conversation about... Uh, neanderthals and homo (laughs) sapiens before we started recording that we were gonna put on twitter but we totally forgot how or we forgot to do it um so today we were this is our special edition post-halloween episode so we decided to to get a little funky and let's dress up a little bit so um i don't know if we're hopefully we can put a video of this out there but for those of you who are who don't watch the video who are just listening Sully is wearing what what kind of jersey is that stand up you got a nice
0: It's actually, so I, so I went to spirit Halloween two hours before the party that I was going to, because I didn't have a costume and I didn't know what to get. They didn't have anything left really at the store. So I saw this Jersey just hanging up on the wall, just, just calling my name. It's a spirit Halloween hockey Jersey, like a legit hockey Jersey. And it was only like 25 bucks. And then I got the mullet to go along with it. And that was 15 bucks. So it's a nice, up. it's a nice
1: Jersey. Turn, show the back too. Cause the number, the number in the back was, yeah. I like how you, the, the hands going over
0: there on the line. Yeah. That's creative. Instead of the like, last
1: name, you just get somebody, somebody's hands.
0: And instead of me spending money on like a, I mean, I don't know what, like a vampire costume that I'm literally going to wear for one night of my entire life. I, I'll wear this every Halloween. Why
1: not? Hey, you know what I did last year? I was, um, I went out three nights in a row. Cause I was my last year of college. So, um, Nobody, nobody told me that we were all wearing multiple costumes. So I just got one costume and I was Harry Potter and I was Harry Potter three nights in a row, <laughs> three, in the, a row. three nights in a row, but the rest, the rest of your outfit, you got a nice, is that a, is that a blonde wig you got on there? Yeah. A blonde yeah, wig, a nice you got little the sunglasses. Mullet. You got the sunglasses, the Red Sox hat. You got the the Bill Belichick headset on too. I do. I You've do. completed the look, and and here is where my quarrel with Amazon comes in.
0: Wait, if wait, you... before you before you go, this is actually a Steve Belichick Halloween costume. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> if you are watching this video right now, you're probably thinking, "Damn, Nick looks like an idiot," and you're you're 100% <laughs> right, and I'll tell you why on, I think it was Friday, or it might've been Thursday before Halloween. I went on Amazon and I went, what is the most ridiculous hairstyle that I could squeeze in a hockey helmet? And I found for 20 bucks, great deal. It was a massive jerry curl wig with a mm-hmm. fake mustache. Mm-hmm. I bought it immediately. Never never bought something so fast in my life. And the plan was to wear that with the mustache, with a hockey helmet on and just look like an idiot. And the good news is that I still look like an idiot, but the bad <laughs> news is that the wig never came in. So I just had to cancel my order. I'm a little pissed off. I'm not gonna I, lie. I would be t- and t- now now I'm 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 resorted to wearing this tiny Bauer React helmet that I took <laughs> out of the Lost and Found at our local hockey rink about seven or eight years ago that does not fit <laughs> my head with a pair of sunglasses and my old <laughs> hockey jersey. And that's what we're rolling with for this special Halloween episode. Next year, we're gonna have to go a little bigger because, yeah. and I will not buy something from Amazon next time. I might join you and go to Spirit because you got a nice jersey on there.
0: Yeah, and it, just talk just talking about the helmet that you're wearing. It literally just looks like it's sitting on the top of your head. Like it's not uh, even, if it's if, not
1: if even we're like long. if we get like halfway into this episode and 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 suddenly I stop talking, it's because I'm passed out on the floor because I <laughs> my head hurts so badly from this tiny thing. It's like um oh god it's like putting a yarmulke on a watermelon like it just <laughs> doesn't fit my head at all <laughs> but like if the yarmulke was like had like elastics around it and it was like super tight like i can't i can hardly even think right now it's probably why i just pulled that analogy out of my ass but oh my god
0: yeah, all right yeah. should we um, talk some bruins here i think we should i think we should <laughs> talk some bees so we can just recap the games really quick um 'Cause we ended last time on the stars, so we'll go, you know, right away. We'll go. We went oh my god, I just had a little mini. I think I'm wearing a tight helmet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they jumped right to the wings. Um, uh, they beat the wings five to one. Pasta had three points, he had a goal, two assists. That was Marshawn's return game. He had two goals and an assist. He looks good off of his surgery. Um Smith had a goal and Coyle also had a goal. So they got the dub in that one, five to one. Jeremy Swayman was a net, uh 28 saves on 29 shots. Then they went and they played Columbus. Omar comes in. He starts that game. Shuts him out. 30 shot. Um, shout out for Omar. Is that Grizz, his first of the year? His first shutout? out? That, yes. That was Good his first shutout out of the year. Yep. And um Grizzlick, Coyle, JD, Pasta, they all had one goal. And Pasta had a two-point night as well. He had an assist. So that's another W for the Bruins. Pushing them to 8-1-0. And then we come to last night. The Pittsburgh game. I'm. They, they got uh, – spoiler alert, they won. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, we still got Bruins it on the DVR, I'm game. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, catch up. So, Olmark it, – it was kind of a weird game. Um, we'll we'll obviously go through a little bit more in depth, um, but just to recap, Bruins got that win in overtime, 6-5. Massive comeback win for Boston. Um, Olmark started the game, got pulled. Swayman got hurt, so Olmark had to come back in. He ends up getting the W – um, He stays undefeated for the year. He's 7 and 0. He had uh, 29 saves on 34 shots. Goals from Coyle, Lauko, his first NHL goal. That one counted. Um, Marshand, Pavel Zaka. Pavel Zaka's uh, goal started the comeback. And then Hall and Lindholm. Uh, Lindholm had a four point night that night as well. But, um, you know, Mel, what did you think about that little three game stretch that we had? <clears throat>
1: I thought it was absolutely beautiful oh, and, phenomenal. and obviously three wins in the column is big, but just the way that they were winning, I mean, Red Wings five to one against the Red Wings. I know the Red Wings aren't world beaters, but, um, you know, you, you hope that they can handle teams that aren't great. And and the Red Wings are by no means an elite team in the East, but they are definitely an up and coming team. I you know they have some quality players. I think you mentioned them last, uh, last episode that the Red Wings are, are, Potentially a team that could squeeze into that wild card spot this year. They could be battling with Ottawa. Um and who who else did we mention? And Ottawa. Buffalo, and Buffalo, too. Buffalo. Buffalo is. Yeah, but one of the big things that came that I stuck out to me from the Red Wings game was the power play was buzzing Bruins were three for six on a power play against the Red Wings. Big part of that five to one win. I know five to one on the scoreboard. You look at it, you go, Holy shit. They beat the crap out of the Red Wings, but I didn't think it was really an overwhelming dominating performance. Um, I know the shots were pretty even. Um, I thought that the Bruins definitely deserved to win that game. They were the better team, but um, they're the power play lines that they can roll out is like, absolutely insane i even saw nick felino last night was getting a little power play minutes there against the penguins but the amount of quality that they have up and down the roster and i think that's where their mobile defensemen really come in handy i think i tweeted it out last night but um you know in, in in odd man scenarios whether it be um you're a man up on the power play or if it's overtime like it was last night and it's three on three having those mobile defensemen who can carry the puck out of your own zone, who are able to um, maybe if somebody squirts behind them, they can catch up and make a play. I know that happened last night. Um, I think it was, uh, it wasn't in, in overtime, but it was Crosby had that chance. Uh, he passed it to somebody in front of the that. I think Clifton caught right up and that is so huge um, in games like that, to have mobile defensemen like that. And of course, um, Hampus Lindholm obviously showcased that by going from freaking goal line to goal line, taking the puck out of his own zone and, End in the game and sending in set send in Pittsburgh home. But um no, I thought it was three really good games. Um I thought you got a lot from Swayman against the Red Wings. That was big for him to see how he was going to come back that game after getting rocked against uh Ottawa his last start. Um and he shut the door in Detroit. I thought he looked really, really good. And um that's it I think what Ulmark is doing right now, obviously, is not sustainable. Um I'm hoping he can let it ride as 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 long as he can but um boy, if Swayman starts playing, you know, as well as he can, and while Almark Ol- is still playing like this as well, good luck to other teams trying to trying to score a goal. Because even last night we saw, I mean, Almark obviously didn't start well against Pittsburgh. He got pulled. But boy, when he came back in that game, he was shutting the door. He was making some it nice was. saves too. I will admit there were a few times I was a little scared. I always hate, and I know, you know, it's. I'm not a goalie, I never was. But when they make like a tough save and they look back and I'm like, oh, yeah. shit,
0: does he have it, does he have it? <laughs> they don't know and, where it is.
1: Yeah, he did. He did that a few times, but um, you know the, the Bruins don't come back and win that game last night if Olmark doesn't make some make some of those saves that he made. Even though he let in, uh, I think it was four goals, or, or was did he let in four or five? I think oh five. I think it was five actually. Five,
0: five yeah, because Swayman didn't let um, me in. I'll
1: yeah, and I mean hurt, obviously. And I mean that's that's tough for both goalies. I mean, it's tough for, for Swayman to come into that game cold, and I'm sure we can, we'll talk about the injury in a little bit, but um, also for Olmark to come back off the bench into the game and shut the door. Um, that was huge. Uh, you know, it as soon as it was 5-2, it was like a, a light flipped in their heads, and it was a totally different team than it was the first two periods of that game.
0: Yeah, and like you said, too, with the power play against Detroit, right? That's, that's probably been the biggest criticism uh, of this team so far into the season, is that their power play kind of Struggles to make clean entries and, and set up in, in the offensive zone. And you you saw them do that against Detroit. And like you said, that was an even game. So having the power play come through like that three times against Detroit was, you know, it, it's what you needed to to secure those two points in that game. So that was good to see. Um, definitely the power play definitely still needs a little bit of work. Um, I think that just comes with time, though, and, and comfortab- comfortability. Um, on the other side of special teams, the PK looks great. Uh, no is obviously is great on the PK. Um, that, that might be the, the one thing that's really holding him into this lineup is his <laughs> ability to work the penalty kill. So successfully. Um, I mean, I think, I think, um, the, the Bruins have had 18 straight successful kills on the penalty kill. So that's something in the special teams department that you absolutely love to see. Yeah,
1: I actually, I, I, I put out a tweet today. Speaking of special teams, I'm sure going three for six against the Red Wings helped a lot, but the Bruins are now top 10 in power play. I think they're, they might be ninth, ninth or 10th in, in power play percentage. And penalty killer first. They're 96 point something percent, almost <laughs> at 97 percent. And I think you said it. It was eight, it, last night, that final penalty that they killed off in overtime, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yes, you, four yes. on three in overtime. I think there was. Like three and a half minutes left in overtime, and you're you're a man down for two minutes. I mean, I I was you know I had my my thumb on the channel up button, ready to change the channel as soon as the Penguins score. I didn't want to see their stupid ass celebration, but <laughs> they they didn't. And 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 honestly, they didn't even really get that many good chances on that power play either. And for the the offensively loaded team that the Penguins have, um, I thought that was really telling. And on top of that, too, you know, the power play—they they played well against Detroit. We just mentioned that they're top ten um, in power play percentage. But let's not forget—I mean, they don't have their top Charlie McAvoy is on their top power play unit. Some combination of usually it's him and Grizzlick out there. Um, I'm sure now they have a lot of flexibility in terms of who they want playing the point. Um, Clifton,
0: Clifton—he could move the puck well. He could—he could be on that unit.
1: They could. And I know, you know, plenty of teams only use one defenseman as well. I mean, you know, if whatever combination of forwards you want to use out there with him. But, um, you know, there's there's I know everybody's kind of banging their drums. You know, the, the Bruins are going freaking 81 and one. Um, <laughs> and like, there's a lot going right for him right now. And to think that, you know, Marshan just came back. He's looking like he if you, you could not tell that that guy just had double hip surgery. Are you kidding me? He's the fastest guy on the ice out there and their best defenseman's coming back. I mean, how can you not be over the moon about how this team's playing right
0: now? You know, it's funny you say that about Marshawn, right? Because I was debating on putting this out on Twitter last night, and I didn't do it because, you know, it's one game. But towards the end of that game, he looked a little, just to me personally, he looked a little sluggish, right? There were a couple times he kind of fumbled the puck around, and his legs weren't moving as quick as they used to. He did a couple of, like uh edge work moves that we saw in the past where he's you know he, i mean he can skate circles in a phone booth with those edges but <laughs> i mean we saw a couple of those last night and it seemed like he was a little slower but it's not i'm I, it wasn't enough for me to tweet about it because i wasn't i shouldn't be concerned about it it's his second game back from hip surgery he's gonna have nights <laughs> where he may be a little bit you know slower than usual and that's fine um but i mean overall he looks great. Obviously. Yeah, and, oh. and Marshand,
1: he he definitely. It's even watching the game. Like he he has such the ability to turn it on and off, where he could be out there for like two two periods, and he's kind of playing like you just mentioned. He's a little sluggish. Uh, maybe he isn't. You know, he isn't going all the way into the board into the corner to get the puck, or he might be. You know, coughing up or making a lazy play. And then I remember last night. It's like sometimes there's a moment in the game, and he's like. All right, it's Brad Marchand time. And <laughs> he goes out <laughs> yeah. and he started off with that goal, that absolute freaking rocket. I think it was an 89 mile per hour, one timer, just right yeah. at the top of the, right the top of the circle to kind of ignite that whole comeback. Oh. And then like 30 seconds later, he got, um, he was doing his little Mohawk turns that he does right in the slot. And he freaking took a puck and just ripped it and just went post wide. And it's like, sometimes he has the ability to just take over a game at at a a minute's notice and uh, like we just mentioned this was his third game back he hasn't played hockey in quite a while I wonder if maybe that little bursty Heather could have could have been why he looked a little dog there at the end but um, having a player like that who can just kind of turn it on at the moment's notice and take over a game and a game too when you got Sidney Crosby and Malkin on the other side too and he was the best player in the third period last night um, I thought that was really telling. I, I I can't believe this guy, you know, a week ago was practicing in a, in a red Jersey with the Bruins. We're talking about when he's coming back and now he's out there, you know, best player on the ice doing his part to help you win some games.
0: Yeah. And even with that, with that Marshall ch- uh, chance that you just talked about where he, he ripped it wide of the post, that was literally the next shift after his goal. Like when, when Marshall is rolling and he's feeling it, like it's obvious to everybody watching the tv if you're at the game it's obvious you're like oh here comes Marshawn. like he, he's about to do something crazy he's about yeah. to do something crazy I'm, and 99% I'm, of the time he does
1: i've never seen a player be able to to just create out of nowhere like he does he could that's why i mean he has doesn't he have like the most shorthanded goals in the league since he entered by like a wide margin yeah, like he, he could he could literally like you're watching a bruins game the Bruins are are shorthanded. Somebody chips the puck in the corner. Marshan's a first one there, and there could be two defensemen coming at him. You're like, there's no way this guy's getting out of the corner with the puck. And he's going to do something. And he might not get to the net, but he's going to freaking flip it somewhere. He's going to do something stupid. It's just when the puck is on his stick, magic happens. And especially the style of hockey that he plays, his quick Mohawk turns, his pivots, his 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 whole game is, is rooted in his um maneuverability and his ability to to dodge hits and be shifty and having double hip surgery i was like damn i was worried and i think rightfully so a player of of yeah. his size of his stature of of his of his intensity and the way that he plays the game i was like damn like that's like the worst thing you could happen it's like a, it's like a lineman in football like tearing his achilles like damn like that his hips is a whole part of his game and then for him to come in and like three points opening night um, ripped a laser past uh, whatever his name was last night. Uh, Jari, who's a bitch, by the way. I,
0: I just wrote that down <laughs> on my I was Like, we need to talk about who's this a bitch,
1: Jari. by the way. Um, yeah. No, I mean it, it. Literally, looks like he hasn't missed any time, and it's like I hate to say it because we're ten games in, and I and I always have to remind myself to like you know cool it down a little bit. But like, the sky's the limit for this team right now. I mean, it, it looks like they can truly mm-hmm. do no wrong. Even when no wrong, even when they lose, they score five goals. Like it, yeah, ex- it's it's amazing. I've never seen anything like it before.
0: No, and and for people, you know, who, who were saying in the beginning of the year, like, oh, this team's gonna take a step back. You know, they're not gonna be. They might miss playoffs. Like they're not gonna be a contender in the slightest. Like, how you feeling now? How are you feeling now? They're nine one and zero. I'm well. I, we do have a tough stretch of games coming up. Uh, I think it's, it's like, um, obviously, I mean, Pittsburgh, I don't know if you would call that like a tough game. They're, they're kind of struggling out of the gate, but we got the Rangers. We got the Leafs. We got the blues. We got the flames. And then we got the Sabres. The Sabres isn't a gimme. We That's five straight games of like, all right, like, like we kind of got to this is a, this is a good five game stretch where, um, it's none of these games are just going to be, Easy nights. They're all gonna yeah. be grinded out games, um, close games, and you're gonna need everybody to bring their A game. But before we get into that, like okay, I need your opinion. So on that David Posternock goalie interference call, we haven't talked about this at all since it happened. Do you agree with the call?
1: I do, yeah. I tweeted okay, at the right, time right. that I agreed with it as well. You yeah. know, it's it's uh, I mean I just said it. Tristan Jari is a is a bitch. and uh he's a he's a phenomenal goalie and and I say a bitch you know as a Bruins fan jokingly but um not really though um I will say though I traded for him in my franchise at NHL 23 and he wins a Vezna in 2029 so there we go you know the Penguins might have a guy there (laughs) um but no I thought on that play specifically um scrums like that happen all the time in front of the net and especially if you're a player of pasta's caliber you're gonna get hit a little harder than say i don't know oscar steed might in front of the net or something <laughs> like that um but i thought he he definitely got pushed into jari but he also most definitely extended his arms into jari yes, i didn't think that was, that, there the was, I, that was the thing that got him and, and it wasn't it wasn't so much of a like shit. I'm falling. I put my hands out. Like it was like a oh. It was it was like a quick little two hands to the chest. It was it and, was
0: both hands, dude. He just put yeah, them right into yeah, his shoulders yeah. and just flipped them. And 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 that
1: happens. And I feel like if it was any other team and any other goalie was in net, I feel like most people would see that and be like, ah, yeah, that's a, that's a penalty, I'm possible. Because it was Jari, and because it looked like he just took a shotgun to the chest, people were like, <laughs> no, no, like that's not like that's not a penalty. But I think that it it definitely was. I think that was the right call.
0: Yeah. And also the other aspect of it, too, is like if you're, you know, if if we're if we're covering the team like we are, we have to be honest. If yeah. if that happened to Allmark or Swayman, you want a penalty on that on that play. Like if yeah. that happens to them, you're going to want the call.
1: I'll tell you, the, the play that made me stand up off the couch and scream bloody murder was when uh, Malkin <laughs> M- Malkin was coming in on a two on one. And he just went down like a sack of potatoes. And they called a penalty. And I was like, are you kidding me? I think I woke my dad up. He was sleeping. And I was like, how is that a penalty? And they showed it from like three angles. And like they didn't make any contact. And then uh, they called their buddy in Toronto, whoever the hell it was, their little ref friend, who literally saw – I don't know what the point of that is when they're going to side with the ref every single time. Like what's the point of calling the guy in Toronto if he's just going to re-agree with whatever the ref said? But anyways, he was like, yeah, no, I don't – I don't agree with that call. I think that's a bad call. And then they magically showed this fourth camera angle and Hampus Lindholm like very clearly two handed milking in the blades. And he yeah. was and the guy. The guy literally. Yeah, I don't know what the. Oh yeah, no, no, you can see it there. He got, he got him in the blades. But you know, it, it doesn't really matter if the Bruins give up a, a, a penalty at this point if they're going to kill penalties off at almost ninety seven percent clip. I mean, I, I wonder too. I don't. You probably don't know off the top of your head, but I, I want to know who what team scored the power play. Power play goal against the Bruins. Because like I 97. Actually, yeah, I don't know. Against, uh, I don't know. And they've killed off 19 in a row. I mean, it probably had to be like what one or two power play goals. I have a feeling it was
0: Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, it was Minnesota. It was uh Boldy. It was in that Minnesota game where they won in overtime. That matinee game. Uh, I, just, I can't believe I got that right. But You know,
1: oh, it's a <laughs> matinee game, so it doesn't even count.
0: Yeah. But hey, two points still count though. But, That's right. But um, yeah, just a little more on Jari, right? Because I know like, good Bruins fans all riled up. Um, he he he, admittedly he flopped a couple more times in that game too, trying to draw calls. And um, at one point, it, like enough was enough with with the Bruins. And Felino even went up to Jari and he was like, "What are you doing? Like, what, like can you can you like?" play hockey and like not pretend this is soccer and just flop around all over the ice like buddy let's go if if nick feligo
1: comes up to you and tells you you're doing something wrong you're doing something wrong
0: you're, you're messing up someone.
1: you're do, i don't care what it is i i don't i don't care if nick felino comes up and tells you that the sky is red the sky is red whatever yep. nick felino says is true um but to be honest i always you see, I thought that the whole Tristan Jari thing, I thought that was a Marshan thing. I didn't think it was a whole Bruins team thing. Like everybody knows what Marshan did to Jari when he stuck his stick in his face and all that shit. And I just thought that was, you know, Marshan being Marshan getting under Tristan Jari's skin. But after seeing last night, didn't matter who was coming at the net. You and I could have been on the ice coming at the net. And he's taking a dive and a flop and two hitting us in the back of the legs. And I was like, damn. And I think that's when it hit me. Like, wow, like
0: this guy is a bitch. Like, I am not a fan of Tristan Jari. And and by the way too, um, Mike Sullivan was m- not me. Mike Sullivan, the coach <laughs> of the Penguins, was interviewed in in, in like one of those like in between whistle things or whatever, and they asked him about the uh, the Bruins kind of um, putting pressure on Jari, and he said he said something along the lines of like yeah they're targeting Jari, they're trying to they're trying to hurt him, and I'm sitting on my couch, I'm like is this guy. I'm like, is this guy for real? Is do He's doing really a dishonor to your
1: name, honestly.
0: Yeah. Just, yeah. But yeah. Like he, he really, he said that. And, and it like got my attention. I looked up from my phone. I was like, what did he just say? I was like, did you he know, really just say the Bruins are targeting Jari? Like, no, fuck off.
1: There's two things. There's something about coaches like bitching and moaning like that to the media that drives me insane. And and for that reason, I've gone on a whole rant before about Craig Berube in the 2019 Stanley Cup and about how much of a bitch he was while complaining about the Bruins, but that's for another story. But I I was, I I think I tweeted it last night and I was wondering two things. The, the, the feud, if you want to call it with Tristan Jari, do you think it's because he's really annoying and the Bruins just don't like him? Or do you think it's because the Penguins just aren't going to do anything about it? Because they've done nothing. Their defensemen have done nothing. They made no effort to clear out anybody in front of the net. In fact, when they tried to, they pushed them into Tristan Chari. Like, there's a scrum around the net, and nobody's dropping the gloves. They're just kind of push people up against the boards. Like... I don't know. Like I know, like the Bruins are really, really, really good at getting other te- uh, under other other team skins. Jesus, I can't. T- it's the helmet. I can't talk. <laughs> um, obviously, Brad Marchand is the leader in that room. But um, yeah. like watching that game last night, and Jari was obviously taking flops. The Bruins were obviously going at him pretty hard, and like the Penguins' defense was doing literally nothing to defend their goalie or to put an end to this. Like if that was like the old days. And like so and so but like Malkin or somebody like runs Tuka or Tim Thomas, like next shift, he's like shaking in his boots because you know the Bruins are sending out Chara, they're sending out Lucic and Thornton. Thornton. They're not even gonna they're not even gonna put a center out there, they're they're gonna freaking they're gonna put Adam <laughs> McQuaid at center because somebody's gonna get at that guy and teach him a lesson. And like I was watching the game last night, and it's like the like the Bruins are poking at him, they're poking at him, they're poking at him, and like the Penguins just weren't doing anything about it. And I was like, "What the hell? That's your goalie? Why aren't you defending him?" But yeah. maybe, maybe maybe they don't like Tristan Jari either. Maybe that's something we need to consider here.
0: I mean, it's 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 kind of telling that he's in competition with Jordan Bennington for for most annoying goalie in the league right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the two most hated said. goalies in the league. Yeah, but I mean, dude, that. I, that game last night against Pitt, though, I mean, did you? I know after the second period, my mom went to bed. She was like, "I'm going to bed. This game's over." I was like, "Okay." I wasn't feeling too good about it either. Um, but then Zaka gets that tip and goal, and then by the way, uh, that Hall goal with the, with the with the uh the net pulled. Did you see how he like knocked the puck down just in the oh slot yeah, and oh yeah, like that is cream talent. Dude,
1: that is that's the kind of that's the kind of skill that gets you drafted first
0: overall. (laughs) Yeah, that's what gets Um, you the heart trophy.
1: Yeah, no, but you know, I was watching that game and and um I mean the Bruins haven't really played from behind a lot at all this season, but um I don't know, like they were they were they were down five to two, but I mean the penguins scored three goals in like freaking a minute. And that's what that's that seems like that's I hope that's not becoming a theme because we've seen that happen a few times now. Obviously, they gave up like three goals in a minute in like two different instances against Ottawa like that was a nightmare but like last night like like they were down 5 to 2 but it did not feel like a 5 to 2 game no, by any means and didn't. then you know i remember um the the penguins i believe their fifth goal was that one um i don't remember who scored it but it was literally right after their fourth goal and he just kind of went down and just ripped the shot from like the top of the dot and it just and it just beat uh omark and it was, you know, it's like that sucks. I mean, that's a save you would hope that he would have, but like you see something like that happen when they have two goals in like a span of thirty seconds on back-to-back shots, and you're like, damn, like you, you it feel like you could just suck the life out of the Bruins. But that's not what happened. And Bergeron went down and literally scored forty seconds after that. The cut of the five to three. Of course, it was taken away because that's just the Bruins' luck. And admittedly, that was that was. Probably goalie interference. I think that was probably the right call. But um, you know, like they, they score there to make it five to three, and then it was taken away and it was like, wow, okay, like they've got some fighting them. I know the goal didn't count, but like they're making something happen. And then they did score. I think that was Marshan's goal to make it five yeah. or three after that. And then it was like, okay, like now I'm feeling a little good. You know, we still got a whole pair of hockey left. Let's see what happens. And and they came back. And it's funny too, because the amount of times that we've complained about the NHL's inability to to grow the game, like you want to talk about football. Like, when is the last good prime time game there's been in the NFL? Maybe like Chiefs and Bills, and that's like one out of know. like that's like one out of fifteen games this year. I mean the NHL. I mean last night on a Wednesday, ESPN Bruins and Penguins. That was one of the best hockey games I've seen in recent memory. I mean, talk about growing the game. And on top of that, national audience got to see Tristan Jari do what he does best, <laughs> and that's wine, complain, flop, and dive. They what got to see the team. team. Yeah, they got to see the Bruins with you know almost all guns firing. We're just missing McAvoy here. Um, I thought that that was a great national showing for the Bruins as to who this team is right now and who they're gonna be.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like I honestly like like you asked like when was the last primetime like football game? I I honestly I don't know. I don't I don't I don't watch football like that. I don't watch <laughs> basketball like that. I hardly watch baseball like that anymore. I'm just a sh- straight up hockey guy i guess and i don't know how it happened oh, yeah it happened natural but <laughs> but um yeah i mean i know the nhl kind of missed an opportunity it was i think it was last week they had um it was it was the penguins against the oilers and it was uh obviously crosby against mcdavid and tons of people would have wanted to watch that but for some reason um it was only on nhl network and that was it not espn not local broadcast just nhl network and it's like uh hello these yeah, are the two top guys in the last 20 years like and you can only watch on an NHL network what are you doing yeah,
1: and that's it's a, it's a good time to remind everybody right now that if you want to watch the Bruins and Rangers tomorrow it's on ESPN plus so <laughs> you know yeah. they did a the, i mean i don't know if you can give them their flowers for having the Bruins and Penguins play on, on a national night. They didn't know the game was going to be that good, but you can definitely ridicule them for having the Bruins and Rangers play on only ESPN plus. That's what, could you imagine though if Jack Edwards was calling that game last night? Oh
0: my God, he would have, he, he would have broken out the
1: full, the full dictionary, the analogies (laughs) would have been off the charts. Um, But you know, talking about this team now, I guess it's a good segue. Do you think that we should be giving Don Sweeney his flowers, especially yes. after seeing Hampus Lindholm last night? I mean, that was that was like the Hampus Lindholm game. Four points, game yeah, winner, oh my all over the ice. By you the know. way,
0: I, I do want to mention this before I answer your question. I do want to say this one thing about Lindholm. Uh, Lindholm assisted on all three goals leading to tying the game. All three goals he assisted on them. And then he scored the overtime winner. So that comeback... Without Lindholm, does not happen. But to answer your question, um, yes, we absolutely have to give Don Sweeney his flowers. Think about the guys who are making impacts right now: uh, AJ Greer, Hampus Lindholm. He's stuck with Nick Felino, and Nick Foligno is buzzing. Um, he there's I don't think there's one move that you can criticize Don Sweeney to the point where you're like, oh, like this guy sucks. Like get rid of this guy. And I know people were saying that in the beginning of the year, like get rid of Sweeney, he sucks, he's ruining this team. And he said, hold on a minute. He said, hold on a minute. I have some <laughs> ideas. And and by the way, now because of this Swayman injury, you obviously saw. Um, him make some goaltending moves in, in Mike DiPietro and uh, Keith Kincaid before the season or not DiPietro, but Kincaid before the season started DiPietro just recently in the Sunnika trade. And now that Swayman is down and out and we don't know for how long, but it did not look good at all. But, we we got gold in depth as well. So you got Kincaid. He just got called up today. So Kincaid's gonna be backing up All Mark. He's a guy with NHL experience. He's he's played for the Rangers and a couple other teams. And he's not a bad goalie either. So is so it's and and I remember saying this too on the um black and gold hockey podcast with Mark Allred and Kevin O'Keefe. Um as as we signed Kincaid, and we all agreed this was a signing in case of a break glass in case of emergency situation. And we have come to a situation that's an emergency and Swayman is out. Who knows for how long we'll know eventually, but um, having Kincaid come up and play that backup role and know that he's played NHL games. He's experienced. Um, he's not stepping into a brand new role. It's, it's gigantic. And that's a move that you can credit Sweeney for. And, 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 people i feel, i feel like people who are still hating on sweeney are just kind of hating to hate like reckon, like give this man credit when he deserves credit he deserves credit right now for sure
1: yeah i think i think that he definitely deserves credit for the success of this team right now but uh, future is different i'm yeah i'm
0: still um uh, i feel like hang on before you go i feel like he was in a situation this year much like the entire Bruins organization is right now, it's win right now. And I think his his mindset wasn't even looking at the future. It's win right now, build the best team possible right now, and then we'll go from there. And I think he did that, clearly.
1: Yeah, and and I, I mean, you can listen to, honestly, probably every episode we've made up until the last one. And I've been extremely critical of... Don Sweeney. And I think rightfully so. I mean, I definitely give him credit for this team. Absolutely. I mean, AJ Greer, uh, Nick Felino, I give Nick Felino credit for Nick Felino being good. I mean, he's the one who's out Fair. there playing. You can give, I mean, but then I guess, no, I'm, 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 I'm contradicting myself because if you want to criticize Don Sweeney last year for the, how, for the play of Nick Felino, then I feel like it's unfair to critics, to, to not give him some sort of, um accountability for nick felino playing well this year um because nick felino has been one of their one of their better players he's one of the reasons that the bruins have been so productive on their bottom half yes yes you have a point All,
0: also um getting rid of bruce cassidy and bringing in jim montgomery yeah that was a like, great move that was great a great move. move
1: but i think fairly really that worked of, uh, uh what what Sweeney does really well, first, I will give him credits on trades. He, I cannot remember last time. And it's not, uh, first of all, I'll say I cannot remember the last time he lost a trade. And it's not just that he doesn't lose trades. It seems like he fleeces teams yeah. out of deals. I mean, he picked up A.J. Greer off the street. I understand that wasn't a trade, but like, and, and Colorado doesn't need him. They just won the cup, but that was a great pickup. Hampus Lindholm, yeah. what a deal. Are you kidding? And you got him for eight more years? Taylor Hall, I mean... Bjork was just waived. I don't remember the prospect you gave over for him, and you gave him basically a second for Taylor Hall. I mean, a guy who is so huge for the success of the second line of the Bruins. The, the reason that the Bruins are so deep is because of largely the play of Taylor Hall. I mean, not having him in that lineup would be huge. And so that's what he's done well. He's also done well on extending players, um, his, his, his own players. But I will say that where the Bruins lack and especially Sweeney has lacked is is I mean you want to talk about their youth system I mean he's the one who's drafting players and he's the one who's done a piss poor job of it to the point where we celebrate him when he trades a draft pick because we just know whoever he takes probably wouldn't sniff an NHL roster also we talk about free agent signings I mean the Bruins are always it seems like they're always in cap hell and it's largely because of the of the deals that sweeney has given out to players i mean we were we just mentioned we were very critical last year of the 3.8 million dollars that nick felina was making for doing a whole lot of nothing that deal this year looks pretty good i mean i i wouldn't say it's a great deal i think you're pretty much getting your return on investment i think if you're paying a guy almost four million dollars the play that nick felina was giving you right now is what you what you expect but like it's, it's like I, I don't want to just like say like, oh, my God, like I love Don Sweeney because the Bruins are nine and one and nobody expected them to do this. Like I also put a lot of weight in Montgomery, although admittedly, like you said, was his hiring. But I don't know. Like I, I tend to give the the roses to the players in this case rather than I do Sweeney, because I think that Sweeney has done more bad than he has done good. For this Bruins organization, although, like, I, I will add this one last part: the good things that he has done have been absolutely fantastic, but I just feel like he's done like a handful of great things and like a bucketful of like oh shit things, you
0: know? Yeah, that's fair. It, it's if if the season didn't pan out the way that it is right now, um, we would definitely be having a different conversation about Don Sweeney, but. I feel like it all kind of evens itself out a little bit, obviously. And we've talked about it at length and we won't talk about it a lot. I I just have to mention it. Obviously the 2015 draft is a giant stain on Don Sweeney, gigantic stain on Don Sweeney, but without, without that 2015 draft mishap, he has made some incredible moves that, have only made this team what it is today, and I mean, I would even say he's done more good than bad, just to counter just to counter your argument a little bit. I mean, it it's it's.
1: I think it's definitely the the gap is closed. I think it's that close. It, it's, it, close. it's you know I think that he's a he's a he's a quality GM, but um, I just think that that twenty fourteen draft is so big. Twenty fifteen twenty I do that every freaking every time. time. <laughs> every literally every time. Um and like, you know, I like you don't want to like keep telling the same old story, but like that is a right. franchise changing draft. If yes. you can get Barzell, um Kyle Connor, and uh Shabbat what's his, Shabbat, like oh my god, <laughs> like that would yeah. solve all of your problems moving forward. But admittedly enough, if you remove that, if that never happened, I mean what are his stains really the right Bileski, exactly the Bolesky contract like that that's might be- it yeah I mean and and the Felino contract up until last year but like you're right I mean he's made a lot of good deals and I think that like where he's so valuable is in his ability to find players on the market and make the right trade I mean even last year like I remember when when Vladar was first moved to Calgary and he was like lighting the world on fire his first like eight or nine starts there it was like oh shit (laughs) did the bruins let the wrong guy go i feel like most people felt like they didn't but still like watching what bladar and i know that you know he kind of came back down to earth but like he was no pun intended he was on fire when he was playing for the flames there as the backup his, his first handful of games there and um you know, we saw it now, you know, Swayman's the guy we see. We just mentioned, you know, Pampas Lindholm, not just trading him, but locking him up as well. Um, Trading for Zaka. I mean, how the flexibility you can have last night, he's playing center. You can play wing. I mean, he's made a lot of good deals. And like you just mentioned, the success of this team isn't just the ability of the first line to produce and the now the depth of the second line, but it's also all of these stuffers that are that are coming up to play. Like Lauco got his first goal last night. You've already talked about AJ Greer. Um, who knows what Mark McLaughlin can be? But like all of these guys that like he's just seemingly kind of found and like plugged into the system. And like the Bruins are nine in one because of it, because they can roll four lines and they're deep. For that, I will absolutely give Don Sweeney credit for. Um, but again, it's just that one. That one stain, that one 2015 stain, and I and I don't want to call it the stain. It's more like, uh, like somebody just took like the biggest gallon of paint possible and like poured it all <laughs> over your wedding dress. Like it's a horrible, horrible stain. Yeah. But um, I think that he's done a lot of right since then to try to make up for it.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's so funny because we really, really did a lot of people criticized him and wanted him gone and mm-hmm. now the conversation's a little bit different like we were we were hounding him and now we're talking about 2015 being the only stain on his record really and 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 you mentioned the Zaka trade and it, it, that one always kind of escapes my mind probably just because it was the most recent move that he made that's been so impactful but he flipped Eric Halla for a younger Pavel Zaka and yeah. and he's yeah. contributing and he's he just makes this lineup so much more um Diverse and and yeah. deep,
1: yeah. Even even on the back end too. I mean, uh Montgomery just said last night when Forbert went down, he's been your your most consistent defenseman all yep. year, and that's another guy that Sweeney found. He brought in Strawman, who hasn't played great as of yet, but if he can turn it around, I mean, he's probably your seventh defenseman, anyways. He brought in Mike Riley, like he's he's done a good job establishing some of these guys here, and the guy that we haven't even mentioned yet is signing Linus Olmark, i mean five million dollars a year i mean what the guy's been doing i mean he's playing like a true number one i mean again who knows if it's sustainable or how long he's gonna be able to play like this but like that is a great deal and to have him and swayman under contract for i mean swayman's young but for the foreseeable future i mean they definitely have some questions moving forward and he's really gonna have to uh pull a rabbit out of a hat here to make this team competitive moving forward. If, you know, Bergeron and Krejci move on, like it's, they probably will. I mean, they're 38. Um, he's really going to have to, you know, shut us all up then and, and show us that he's a, he's a good GM, but like for all the slack he gets, even, you know, if you want to say Cassidy too, Cassidy a former Jack Adams award winner here in Boston. Uh, Don Sweeney's won the executive of the year award. Like these are guys that are respected around the league for what they can do. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, you start thinking as a Bruins fan, we're just a little spoiled, giving these guys a little slack for what they've been doing, but like, they've been putting a product out on the ice every year. And it seems like this is kind of the last year, like you said, where they really have to push all their chips to the middle. And, and so far it's paying off, paying off for Sweeney. So we'll see, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Well, we are about halfway through the episode. So I do want to remind all of our listeners that we are sponsored by Cano Wellness. It's time to talk about the amazing Canna Wellness company. Canna Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Canna Sleep, Canna Mend, Canna Fresh, and Canna Boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts, and four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water or messy powders 90 percent of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds it's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by olympians nhl players and pro sports stars who rely on the can wellness company to support high performance mel let's talk about each product
1: <coughs> sorry i think i need a can of wellness <coughs> Canaboost gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out when studying for an exam and other times you need increased clarity, stamina, and concentration. Canamend provides the after-party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headaches, sickness, and lack of energy. Can of Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before a presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Canna Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Can of Sleep, the fourth and final one. This all-natural and vegan sleep aid is convenient and fast-absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in, just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage on how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Canon Wellness all-natural oral sprays, please go to cannawellness.com. That's cani wellnesscom and use our promo code BNG25. That's BNG25 to get our 25% off everything on the canawellness.com website. Back to you.
0: Let's go. Thank you, Canna Wellness, for um, obviously sponsoring the show and sponsoring BNG as a whole. Um, we're very grateful, very thankful for that. Um, I think at this point we can probably shoot into the DMS. If you want to rattle off that first one,
1: I think we can as well. Um, we had two questions, uh, both from again, uh, I actually, I,
0: I know we had two to start, but I did get a couple more as we were, uh, I
1: actually, I actually have, I have, okay. I have three questions. Okay, I'll start with these two. This first one is from our our resident storm chaser. I will say it again. If you are into tornadoes, give our good friend, friend of the show, friend of mine from school, Ethan Moriarty at E Moriarty WX on Twitter. Give him a follow. He's got some good content. He asked a question that we already kind of answered. Uh, Given recent team success, do you feel like Don Sweeney gets too much hate from fans? We all know he's not the best at drafting, but he's put together some extremely competitive teams in his tenure. I feel like we just answered that pretty well. Um, in terms of, does he get too much hate from fans? No, I think, honestly, I think he gets an appropriate amount of hate. I think that, um, I don't want to, again, beat an old drum, but we just mentioned it, that 2015 draft, I got it right this time. Um, <laughs> and, and a couple bad contracts that he, that he's handed out, um, have definitely contributed to the hate, but I feel like it's a mixed bag because we also just listed off all the things he did well. So, uh, does he deserve hate from fans?
0: Hmm.
1: Maybe not as much hate as he gets, but I think that he definitely deserves some uh, a cold shoulder. I'll say.
0: I will say I, I I I think he does get too much hate because obviously, as as people do, they tend to react um, more towards the negative aspects of things than positive things with anything in life. Um, but if you just take a step back and and as we just discussed in the you know the last ten minutes all the positive things that he's done for this team, I, I think you can kind of discount some of the negative things. Not discount, but not take them as heavily.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Well, if you if you uh, remember our probably one of the – arguably the greatest question we've ever had on the show – um, the pickle question we had last week of pickles belong on sandwiches. That was also from Ethan. So he came back with another food related question. Obviously we're in November. So we're in the, uh the holiday season, Thanksgiving, oh, the next God. big one coming up. So Ethan asks, now, th- now that Thanksgiving is the next holiday, what
0: is the best food item at Thanksgiving? Oh, I, I could, I would have bet all my do, money do, yeah, this do is pickles be belong on the thanksgiving table <laughs> no, no i would have bet all my money that this is going to be are you a candy corn guy or no
1: oh my god no no First, yeah, okay. all right. uh, two things i like it, uh, it is uh, i can't even think about it uh, i gag like candy corn <laughs> is disgusting and second of all what is what is the nick Felino candy corn thing he loves it what <sighs>
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> he's a candy corn that guy. Ju- that just knocked him down a peg in my <laughs> butt. But it kind of makes sense that he's a candy corn guy. He just seems like that kind of guy. He just, he just seems like that type of dude. Is it because he's bald? What does a candy corn guy <laughs> look like? <laughs> I don't know. It's just I just feel like he. Could, I could just picture him sitting on the couch after a game and just m- munching candy corn.
1: Oh, my God god i I'm don't with you. I don't, it's
0: gross i hate candy I corn i'm with you i can't
1: even th- like a uh i can't even like a picture like a candy corn eater like this freaking gremlin that crawls out of the basement <laughs> i can't even imagine somebody who would go out of their way to to eat candy corn Mm-mm. um ugh. okay um mm. my favorite
0: my, my oh another point no, no i was gonna say my favorite thanksgiving food stuffing really by a
1: mile oh hot take i do not like stuffing what? i think it's a texture what? thing because <laughs> it's it's it's, it's soggy bre- which it's soggy bread which is just like oh god like i but i was gonna say my favorite thanksgiving food that my mom makes that she got from my sister-in-law is pineapple stuffing okay which is not like any it's stuffing still, you've wait, ever had before. Wait, it's, no, it's, hang on. No, nope, sh- Shut struggling. the hell up. Shut your mouth.
0: That's <laughs> still stuffing. No,
1: no. Stuffing, like traditional Thanksgiving stuffing, is like cut up bread with like celery and just like soaked in like turkey juice. And and it's all like mushy and it's disgusting. But pineapple stuffing is king's... I, I'm not going to give away the recipe. It's a family secret. But I will tell you this much. It's, it's king's Hawaiian rolls with pineapple oh. with pineapple and some other sweet stuff and you bake it instead of putting it in like a gelatinous liquid and it is it's oh you also like heavy warning like if you like care about like living there's also like 15 sticks of butter in it so if you care about your arteries i probably would not eat too much of it but it is <laughs> it is it is amazing it's so good um and one thing that i always wish that we had for thanksgiving because it seems pretty popular is mac and cheese do you have mac and cheese on Thanksgiving?
0: Uh, we do, but it's not like the, you know, it's not like crafts or like out of the box. It's usually like some kind of like macaroni elbow mac mac and <laughs> right, cheese like.
1: This is I will I will walk away right now if you answer this question incorrectly. What is what's the best mac and cheese? Oh, the shells with the 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 shells.
0: Yeah, but what kind of shells? What what brand? Um. I think it's crafts. I think it's the one that comes in the purple box. Oh, hang on. That's not craft, but you did get the box right. <laughs>
1: it's Annie's. Annie's. Annie's 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 white yes. cheddar mac and cheese with the yes. black box and the
0: purple box. Oh,
1: that is the best mac and cheese. I wish that we had mac and cheese on Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm well, I will say too, a solid second is mashed potatoes. I don't like mashed potatoes. What is wrong with you, dude? I like, <laughs> I like, hang on.
1: Let's visit this because I don't like, I, I. that's why I think it's a texture thing. I don't like mashed potatoes, but I like French fries. I like potato chips. I like tater tots. I like potato skins. Um, okay. Is there any other way you can serve a, oh, hash browns? I don't think there's baked, any other way you can serve. Baked, I don't like, I don't like baked potatoes. Texture. No, it's just taste. It just I think it tastes like shit. Like it, (laughs) there isn't much flavor. I like sweet potatoes though; those are pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, What did you What did you get for your? Thank you for the DMs, by the way, Ethan. Those are some good ones. What did you get for your late entries?
0: So, uh, we got a DM entry from Mr. um, Matthew Rogiro, good friend of ours. Ah, Ruggy. So, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Ruggiero. And he asked, <clears throat> what do we do if Forbert is out for a long time? I also, Hi. I will say too, because we do have Strawman, right? But Strawman doesn't look like the preseason Strawman that we had. He just seems lost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He had that really bad goal given up against uh Ottawa that played behind the net there. It was his first game. I'll give him credit for that. I think it was his first game, I might have missed but I'll give him credit for that. One when he, he behind the net, when he tried to go D to D and just literally just turned and went, here you go He gave it to the senators and they scored. And I think that was like their fifth or sixth, maybe their seventh goal. Um He was one of two players last night who was a minus. Um, you know, I I I just think that maybe it's because he hasn't, you know, had a lot of opportunities to play. I mean, he's another guy that Bruins literally picked up off the street. I think they signed off a ten day or something. Um, so maybe he's gotta get his feet wet. But if that's the case, um I think he might be on the wrong team. I mean, there's this team is very deep when it comes to defense, but I know they have two of them out right now. Um, but he's a guy, if you think that he's gonna be the guy to step up when Forbert goes out. I don't know. I was gonna say maybe Mike Riley or if not my riley i would like to see you know the other guys zaboral but um i don't know i think i would i think we'd have riley go with clifton right now and then if that didn't work i would try zabor before i went to strawman
0: yeah we actually haven't seen um uh, zaboral in a little bit yeah um i could see him stepping in i i i don't know if i would rather have strawman or zaboral to be honest with you maybe strawman just because he's got that experience and he you know he won't be shaken by the moments that he's in, but I don't think Zaboro would be either. Um, you don't want to don't see know. Riley. Riley, well, well, yeah, Riley too. But I, I think he might. My gut tells me he's going to be part of a a trade package. Um.
1: Oh yeah, probably.
0: Yeah. For when McAvoy comes back. For when yeah, for when Charlie McAvoy comes back. Do you think? But,
1: um. No, sorry, I was going to ask. Do you think whoever they put with um or whoever they have step up to be the sixth guy that another forwards out do you think that they mix some lines up because i think the way right now I means it's forwards out it's only natural to think that whoever they're going to call up is going to be playing with clifton but mm-hmm. do you think that you know for example if they call up Zaborro, like you just mentioned or uh, maybe they do go with strom whoever it is do you think maybe they shuffle some guys around so maybe clifton's playing with a guy like uh i don't know maybe carlo
0: I wouldn't mind seeing Clifton with Carlo, especially the way that he's been playing. He's obviously Clifton's a smaller guy. Carlo's a large human being. It would be a good little, you know, offset with each yeah. other. Yeah,
1: I think I think I think that's what I would do personally. I feel like yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that I, at all. I feel like like Grizzlick and Lindholm could be a good top pairing at least until McAvoy comes back or whenever Forbert's healthy. And then I just feel like. like I I don't fully trust Connor Clifton yet, especially in the defensive zone. So I would like to pair him with somebody who I do, and that's Brendan Carlo. And if I put Connor Clifton out there with Strawman or Connor Clifton out there with Riley or Zaboral, um, I feel like that is potentially a pairing that can be prone to being trapped in their own zone. So I would feel more comfortable, I think, if whoever you call up to, to take forward spot, I would like to see uh, them play with, who else do they have? Grizzlick. somebody else, or I don't know, um, somebody else, and I would like to see, I, I, I'm looking at their list of defensemen right now. Um, who am I missing? Carlo, Carlo in Clifton, Grizzlick in Lindholm. Forward's out. Oh, oh, two of the three are playing. Um, oh shit. Wait, so you would need two of strawman?
0: Well, you do, you probably have McAvoy coming back within a week to a week and a half.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, damn it. Yeah. That's, that's my bad. I was thinking that, um, they only need to replace one defenseman, but if, yeah forwards out you need two of strom and riley and zaboro playing is that correct yep yeah shit
0: i don't know just ro- just roll just but, roll but, 4d honestly <laughs> yeah, but mcavoy's coming back at a good time it's well he's not back yet but
1: yeah he's yeah, no. on the right track and the funny thing, too, is – well, not funny, but um, when when Grizzly came back, we were like, oh, my God, he's out for warmups. What the hell? I, I didn't know this was going to happen tonight. And when Marshan came back, uh, Montgomery was like, yeah, you're going to see 63 in the lineup tonight. We were like, whoa, Marshan's <laughs> back. Like, when McAvoy's coming back, you're going to know because the Bruins are yeah. going to have to ship somebody out of here uh, in order to fit him on the roster. So at least well, I guess we'll have a heads-up and we won't be surprised. But honestly, I kind of like being surprised.
0: I I like the way that,
1: that Montgomery has been handling this. Like, uh, I don't know, like maybe he's playing little head games with other teams. I understand the Martian thing where, um, you know, you wanted to make sure that he was okay and fully healthy and that he was feeling good the morning after his skate to make sure that he's in the lineup that night. I get that. But like grizzly, I mean, nobody was even talking about him coming back and suddenly he's out there warming up. I don't know. I, I kind of like, and it's not like, you know, like a guy's supposed to come back on a Monday and like two weeks later, he's not on the ice. No, like these are guys who aren't supposed to be back for weeks, and suddenly they're just out there warming up before the game starts. Like I love it. I wish he could do that with McAvoy, but um, obviously we're gonna know because he's gonna make a deal or two in order to fit him on the roster. But it's the way it goes.
0: Yeah, and um, so we do have one last uh, DM question as well. This uh, comes in from Brandon Ragno. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at B underscore rags 18. He said of the next games or, or of the games from November 21st to December 13th, how many of those are must win games? And just to recap really quick, I'll go through them. Um, so it would be lightning, Panthers, hurricanes, Lightning again, Avalanche, Knights, Avalanche again, Coyotes, Knights, Islanders. Oh my god. I know that was a lot to throw at you, but that's a freaking
1: no, I'm looking at it. That's a gauntlet of teams. That's a gauntlet. Well that's what he said
0: too. He said this is the toughest part of the schedule. How many of those are must wins?
1: Well, look, if the Bruins keep playing like how they are right now. I mean, I wouldn't say too many. I mean, they're not like Tampa's been playing very well right now. But, you know, realistically, you have to think, what is this, Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten games from now? I mean, I would like to think that, hopefully not, but the gap would likely start to close between some of these teams. And there's a lot of division games here. I mean, you're playing Tampa twice. I would want want at least one of those games. I don't expect you to sweep them.
0: See, I would say all the divisional games aren't exactly must-wins but I would say they're three-quarters of the way there to must-wins. Like, make make the separation in the division as, as big as possible. Just yeah. keep separating yourself.
1: Yeah, they definitely have to. There's a couple gimme games here that they should win. Uh, they have Arizona here. You got to win it, beat Arizona. You got two games at Vegas. I know Vegas has a second-best record in the game right now, and there might be, you know, high emotions because Bruce Cassie's over there. But uh, right. Vegas, I still don't think they're a very good team. I mean, really? I really don't. I really don't. I f- I feel like the Bruins should be a shoe in to win at least one of those two games. And I would think that they would sweep them in though in-, in those two games right there. Personally. Um I think that they have the Islanders at the end of it. Uh, do they have any back to backs here? They don't. No. I mean, this is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten game stretch. Whew. I want the Bruins to win at least six of them. They go yeah. 6 and 4 in that 10 game stretch, I'm happy. I mean, two games against Tampa, I want them to win at least one of them. Two games against Colorado. Honestly, if you get swept by Colorado, it's not a huge deal. They're in the other conference, but you don't like to drop to drop losses anywhere. Um but if they were to drop losses those are the games I wouldn't mind losing. Um I think they should take at least one from Vegas. They should beat Arizona. I think they should beat the Islanders. Um the only game I really don't know about is Florida and Carolina. Um that would suck. If they, if they, I mean, they have four division battles to open that that ten games. If they went zero and four, zero and four to start it, that would be like that would be horrible. That would be worst case. So I think those first four games are definitely the most important of those ten. Um, hopefully they can they can go well in this little stretch here because that is a freaking gauntlet. Oh my god.
0: Yeah, and I would say I would say honestly, out of all those games, one of the most important ones that might be overlooked is that Carolina game, just because they're the ones who knocked you out of the playoffs last year. Um, they, they have the upper edge on you right now, just because of that, like go into that game and dominate that game, show them that it's not the same team as last year. Like if we meet up again in the playoffs, like expect a different, um, expect a different outcome, you know, it's, it's, you got you gotta come back and you gotta play strong against teams like that. And that is, that's most definitely the one of the tougher stretches of the season that we're going to see. And hopefully the team is fully healthy by then, which by the looks of it, uh, we should be with our major guys coming back. Marshawn, Grizzly, McAvoy looks to be on the right trend. Um, Mm. Yeah, that was a, that was a good question though. Um, Let me, let me ask you this question. Actually, I
1: I, I meant to ask you this earlier when we were talking about Sweeney, but um, I was tweeting with one of my friends, uh, Tom on Twitter today, and he was talking about trades and he said that the the trades for Lindholm and Taylor Hall were the two biggest trades that the Bruins have made since they got Rask. D- I was wondering if you think that's accurate, because personally, I I tweeted back at him, and I thought that the the two trades that that stuck out to me were trading that bum Byron Bits straight up for Dennis Seidenberg. I thought was massive, and then I thought. Um, uh, trading, uh, oh shit! Who the hell they trade? Uh, I don't know. They, they, they traded somebody else for uh, Nathan Horton and Gregory Campbell. Yeah, three guys that's a big that were one. huge to winning your Stanley Cup. I think that I personally think that that was the biggest trade um, since since uh the tukarast trade but i think that's only because they won the cup i right, and i and right. i said back at him i think that Lindholm is definitely more talented than dennis seidenberg is um and taylor hall is is def is better than nathan horton but um talent wise he's got me with that one but i think in an overall impact trade wise i don't know i think that gettings dennis seidenberg and the trades for nathan horton and gregory campbell are it for me
0: yeah, I think so too. Obviously it depends on how the season ends, but it's it's kinda hard to argue against um, you know, getting Nathan Horton and Gregory Campbell in the same trade. I mean yeah. for a fourth on guy in Gregory Campbell to be as well known as he is, like it's soupy. No. Soupy. Like, I mean that might be one of the best trades in Bruins history. No, but, did, but these did ones Campbell, are
1: close too. Did Campbell break his leg in twenty eleven or twenty
0: thirteen? Thirteen. That was when we oh, swept wow. uh Sw- swept that's when we <laughs> swept uh pittsburgh out of the playoffs
1: yeah i was out because i was gonna say um i know nathan horton got he missed that stanley cup when he got knocked out by who was that brooks orpick who was no, that aaron sammy Sallow. aaron rome oh my god how can i forget i only remember sammy Sallow <laughs> because brad Marchand flipped him over in the corner <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no there's and and it really got me thinking. Like like there hasn't really been a lot of big impact trades that the Bruins have made. Like you know like big noise trades. I mean, the Tuca Rash trade was in what two thousand and six. I mean, you can talk about uh, the next one was you know when they traded Phil Kessel, of course, and got Sagan and uh, what's his name, Dougie Hamilton, and then Flip Sagan, and then um,
0: and Flip Dougie too.
1: <laughs> yeah, Flip Dougie as well. Um, and then I mean, obviously Lindholm is definitely a big move as well as Taylor Hall. But I mean, there's what four trades we just we just rattled off that date back uh almost 20 years i mean 16 17 years now whatever it is like i don't know you know there's some trades to pick most impactful give me seidenberg baby
0: yeah but um seidenberg so, and his skates yeah dude those... <laughs> the weird noise those things from me yeah but um yeah, so let's let's close this close this out really quick. So we'll do a little three game preview, right? Not preview, but next three games of the schedule are the New York Rangers. Rangers are home. Um, and then they travel to Toronto for a little home game on Saturday, or, or not a home game for the Birds, but home game for Toronto on Saturday, and then come back home against the Blues. So let's do a quick little uh, score prediction. So Thursday, Rangers. Mel you first
1: Rangers Thursday night ESPN plus at MSG (sighs) I'm gonna say Rangers win three to two in
0: overtime okay so we at least get a point I'm gonna Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say four to two Rangers win Wow. <laughs> Neither of <laughs> us are very optimistic. <laughs> no, I just I mean it's a it's a Thursday night game in New York and we just yeah, came no. off I mean, we're nine and one right now. Like we're gonna we're we're gonna as much as we say eighty one and one, we're gonna lose at some point. Like...
1: Yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, I don't know if Krejci's playing, uh right, Forbert's right. out, uh, you know, they're gonna kind of have a band-aid over their defensive core. If they were gonna lose a game, I think out of the next three, I think it would be against the Rangers.
0: Yeah. All right, so we both, so we both have the Bruins losing. On, on I hope they prove us wrong. I do too. <laughs> I'm rooting uh, for them. So, and then they travel to Toronto. Um, in Toronto, Mel, what do you think? Oh,
1: uh, I, I mean, they just the t- Toronto has looked like a. Steaming pile of shit to start this season. Trash. 4-4-2. and They just lost in overtime to uh, Anaheim Ducks. Did you see Trevor Zebris' goal?
0: Yeah, disgusting.
1: Hey, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That was insane. And also, did you see uh, Timo Mir, whatever his name is, on San yeah. Jose? Yeah. holy crap that's you can't even do that kind of goal in nhl 23
0: i i will say right now as we're recording the maple leafs are playing philly and the leafs are up two to one about halfway through the uh second period so
1: where where's the game toronto what's philly's record
0: philly they're five two and two i know i think
1: well they started what four and oh? yeah yep so they're uh one two and two in their last five yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to take the Bruins over the Maple Leafs here. Okay. Uh, in Toronto, who cares? Honestly. <laughs> who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I'm <laughs> I mean, going to
0: say I'm going to say Bruins win 5-2 against Toronto.
1: 5-2. I'm going to say five, Bruins six. win Bruins win 4-1. 4-1. In okay. Yeah. Little right, little so little 3-goal okay. buffer there between the two of us,
0: huh? Little 3-goal yeah. win. So we both got the Bees winning in Toronto and then after toronto they had actually st louis comes to boston so bruins are back home they got st louis on a nice 7 p m monday night game and i'm going to say the bruins take that one 5 to 3 ooh
1: 5 to 3 damn i was going to say something similar i don't want to say 4 to 1 again so i'm going to i'm going to take the bruins again uh, just because St. Louis has not looked good this year. They just got blown out by the Kings, by the way. It's like 5 yeah, to 1 or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to take, would you say 5 to 3?
0: Yeah, nice little 5 3 win.
1: Well, h- hang on a minute, actually. Do you think Bennington will be in net? Probably. Shit. Give me a. <laughs> Get... Oh, you know what? This will probably be Kincaid playing, huh?
0: Most likely.
1: Oh, that changes things for me. Unless, take... unless
0: Swayman's injuries are not as serious, but it, it damn looked it, it, it looked, it, yeah. No, I'm going to take the Bruins 4-3. All right. All right, so a little two two wins, one loss here for the something. 11-2-0. 11-2-0, baby. But, um... Oh, I know.
1: 11-2-1. No, 11-1-1. No, one one. I gave him an overtime loss.
0: Oh, yeah, you did. That's right. um but hey um as always there's something different as always we'd like to thank um bng productions for helping us you know set up the show and um allowing us to be a part of their company it's awesome um you can follow them on twitter at bng productions you can follow myself on twitter at underscore mike sullivan and you can follow nick On Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore.
1: Also, don't forget the underscore. Also, (laughs) do not forget to follow our Twitter account at something Bruin or is it at Bruin something? At Bruin something. At, (laughs) At Bruin something. At Bruin something. Right? Okay. Bruin something. No G at the end of something. Last episode we said that we wanted to get to 100 followers by next recording and I didn't tell anybody this because it was going to be a secret, but if we did get to a hundred followers, I would have given every follower a thousand dollars. And unfortunately, oh. unfortunately that didn't happen. We're only at, <laughs> we're at 95. So you guys missed out, but we're five followers away. Um, we got probably what, three games between now and our next recording. So maybe we can get up to a hundred by the time we, we sit back behind the microphone again. So something to look out to also, um, we still stream on Twitch. We haven't done it very lately because we've had problems with streaming. It keeps on cutting out. But you can follow us on Twitch at Muffins. That's an ode to Jack Edwards. Tumblin without a G. Um, kind of keeping in theme with the at of our Twitter account. We don't like to use Gs around <laughs> here. But give us some follows. Tweet at us. We're both extremely active on Twitter. I probably should be doing other things you know, at work, and I think you could probably say the same, but sometimes Twitter's calling. So so give us some follows, tweet at us. Of course, always send in DMs. We love answering them uh, on the podcast as well. And I think we're now into November. Um, should we do a DM question of the month?
0: Oh, it's going to be, the, it's going to, it's going to be Ethan.
1: I I think it is as well. Ready, I think it ready. is as well
0: congratulations ethan on the dm of the month do pickles belong on chicken sandwiches
1: ethan moriarty <laughs> at e moriarty wx let me make sure i got that right give him a follow on twitter he always asks good questions every week um he's gonna be hard to beat i believe our first winner sorry i was accidentally opened a phone a video on twitter our first winner was lauren's question is that correct
0: yep yep do you remember what do you remember what her question was I think her question was, um, if you were stuck on a deserted island with three oh, Bruins this... players, who would they be? And why? oh man, well I—we're not going to talk about this. No, no, <laughs> I just
1: want to say yeah, I can't pick Jack Stanica anymore. Unfortunately, oh uh, yeah,
0: he was kicked off the island. Yes,
1: Stickman, he's doing his thing up in the in the Great Northwest. <laughs> by the way, by the way, by the way, also Jack Stanika last night. Um, I believe he was um. I think it was like two for seven on face-offs. I think it was a minus two. Had a couple hits mm. and had like seven minutes of game time or something like that. I could be wrong. I might have just totally made those up off the top of my head. But if I remember correctly, I saw somebody tweet a stat line and it was something like that. So not a good debut from Stanika, but he's going to get an opportunity in Vancouver. Hopefully he can seize it. I think he's in a good spot for himself, and I wish him nothing but the best.
0: I just thought of this. Of I saw... I oh. saw Jackson Nika's last game in a Bruins uniform live against the Ducks. Did you did you keep the ticket? Frame it. Oh, in nah, that nah, that was a that was an online purchase. <laughs> 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 That's too bad. That ticket could have been worth something someday. Quick quick two minute segment. Maybe not even two minutes, maybe less. I miss ticket stubs, man. I miss ticket stubs. No kidding. I and and they used to be so
1: tasteful when you would buy them from like Ticketmaster or Ace Ticket or whatever. And it would, it would be like um, oh my gosh. I remember I bought one of them and it was almost it was like a diving like silhouette of Mark Savard. And like the texture of the ticket was like raised. There was like the gold on his jersey, there was like like little flakes of like powder in it. Like cares, this is the team that cares about their tickets. And to go from that to like now you can scan a barcode on my phone or yeah. just print it out it's it's totally lost the 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 Disney magic for me as i yeah. would like to say.
0: Well when when i when i was really really little right i used to um keep all the ticket stubs that i got either for Red Sox games, Bruins games, any any games that i went to right and i would i'd keep the stubs and i'd hang them up on my uh on my mirror. And um we can't do that anymore and that's sad. It's a lost art. It really is. I, for the environment,
1: I mean, I guess it makes sense. But damn oh, it, those on. tickets look oh, those <laughs> tickets look cool as hell. I mean, I'm a little pissed off. On you got me riled up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Wednesday night. I didn't think I was gonna get this.
0: <laughs> it's a Wednesday night now. I'm pissed about tickets. Stolen. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'm never gonna That's see a, a beautiful silhouette of Patrice Bergeron on a on a Bruins hockey ticket again.
0: I actually have one right here. Who is that? Is that a UMass ticket? It's a UMass homecoming football game ticket. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Hey, hang that on your mirror. (laughs) I should burn it, honestly. (laughs) But, hey, um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. As always, brought to you, we are in partnership with the uh, Black and Gold Productions LLC. Follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan. Follow Nick on Twitter at Nick under. Oh, oops. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. follow nick on twitter at nick molanson underscore and follow our podcast account on twitter at Bruin something no g and no g with that being said this was something's Bruin episode 14 halloween edition thank you guys all for listening and we will see you all next week Bye.